Well, good morning, and thank you so much for joining in with us today. My name's Jason. I'm one of the pastors here on staff at Community Christian Church. And I also want to say happy Mother's Day. First to all the moms who are watching, but especially to my two favorite moms in the whole world. First, my mom, Mary Collins, who you see right there in that picture, there with our entire family. And of course, my wife, Helga, who's standing right there beside me and our girls. I love you both very, very much. And for the rest of you, if there's anything good about me, you should just know these two women should probably get most of the credit. Well, if you're new to our church and you haven't been with us for the past three weeks, we're learning about how to think about and how to handle this new thing in our world that everybody's calling the new normal. In other words, life like we think it's going to be on the other side of this global pandemic we're in. And the truth is, nobody really knows what that's gonna be like. Now, we've all got some guesses, and lots of people are trying to predict what the new normal is gonna be like. And we may have some ideas that are sort of accurate to some degree, but none of us really knows for sure about most of the things that are gonna be different. But there is one thing that we're all pretty sure about, and it's this. It's going to be different than we are all used to. And it's going to be different than what we all had planned. See, I, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure that most of you are experiencing the same thing that me and my family are experiencing. It, it seems like each and every day that ticks off the calendar, I'm just watching more and more of my carefully laid plans for my life and my future just sort of disappear. And I don't mean for this to sound like I'm throwing a pity party. This is just literally the reality of what's going on in my life right now. My family had a lot of great things planned for these next several months coming up. Uh, my nephew is graduating from the Air Force Academy this year. It's a major event in our family, and we were so excited to head out to Colorado, be there with him for this event. My kids were going to get to see the Rocky Mountains for the very first time. It got canceled. Two weeks ago, my daughter was getting ready to celebrate her very first prom. I mean, that moment that every high school girl dreams about. Canceled. Both of my daughters always look forward to this week-long camp that they go to every summer. In fact, it's become pretty much the highlight of their summer. Canceled. My parents are celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary this summer, and our entire family have this amazing vacation planned to spend with them and to celebrate. And I don't know for sure yet, but it looks like it might get canceled too. My wife and I were just commenting to each other a few months ago, this is going to be one of the busiest, most fun-packed summers we've ever had. But not anymore. Now, in the grand scheme of life, those things aren't that big of a deal. I mean, we can live without proms. We can live without vacations. But there are some other things that are being altered and canceled in our world that you know, they're way more essential, like jobs, income, the ability to support your family, uh, the retirement account you were counting on to support you in your final years, like your educational opportunities, the, those things that you needed to get you started in your career, or just the freedom to go visit your aging parents or your loved ones, uh, to not have to worry, you know, about whether or not I should reach out and embrace these people that I love. And I know for some of you, that doesn't even scratch the surface of it. If you were on the other side of this screen and you could be in my place, you'd tell us about your unique circumstances. But one thing's for sure, our plans are unclear. Our, our futures are uncertain. 
And none of us really knows how, when, or if this is all going to end. And you know, one of the questions that I hear people asking most often these days is this. Where's God in all that? I mean, what is he up to? Is he even doing anything? Because, see, I had some plans for my life. And I was all set up. And it was my plans, they were going to lead me to a happy ending. An ending I had hoped for for years. And now... My happy ending plans, they're disrupted, or maybe they're just completely gone. So if God's leading me somewhere else, somewhere that I did not plan on going, I'd like to know, where are we going? And is it somewhere good? And is it going to end well? Because I'm beginning to wonder. Now, for years, I've heard Christians offer answers to that very question. And nearly every one of them would say, well, yes. God is leading us to a happy ending, as long as we trust him, love him, serve him, so forth. And there's a verse in the Bible that Christians will use to defend that answer, and it's, in fact, one of the most popular verses in the Bible. In fact, even if you're not a Bible person, you probably have heard someone somewhere quote this verse. It's in a book from the Bible called Romans, chapter 8, verse 28, and it says this, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, I've heard a lot of people explain that verse, and they'll explain it this way. They'll say, well, of course we don't experience all good things in this life. Things don't always go the way that we planned. And a lot of those things that happen in life, well, they really stink. They're really hard. But it's okay. Because all those things, those good or bad things, they're just like being thrown together. It's like there's this huge pot called your life, and it's all thrown into the pot. And as long as you love and you trust God, once all those things get mixed together, well, the end result of it's going to be something good. It's like a recipe that you use when you're cooking, you know? All the ingredients may not necessarily be something that you'd want to eat all by itself, like you wouldn't want to just have a spoonful of chili powder or a clove of garlic by itself. You wouldn't want to taste that straight up. But, you know, if you put all those things together with some other good stuff, well, you end up with a pot of something that tastes really, really good at the end when it's done. And listen, I'm not saying that there isn't some small sliver of truth to that way of thinking. It's just not what that verse means. See, it does not mean that no matter how many bad things come your way, how many of your good plans get destroyed, or how many detours your life takes, hey, don't worry. It's all going to pan out in the end. And good stuff, well, that's naturally going to start flowing your way because, you know, all these things get blended together in your life. See, that's a nice sentiment. That's not reality. See, I've heard some very well-intentioned people say things like this. Hey, don't worry if you lose your job. Just trust God. He'll give you a better one. Don't sweat it if you can't pay your mortgage. That just means God's going to come through some other way that you weren't expecting. Hey, it's okay if your relationship is struggling or if it's even falling apart. God's got someone better waiting for you on the other side. Or so what if you didn't get to walk at graduation or you're not getting the wedding of your dreams? That just means that God's going to replace it with something even better than what you had planned. It's this idea that all you got to do is just love God and everything that happens to us is no big deal because it's all going to lead towards something bigger, something better, something grander. And again, nice sentiment, not reality. 
Now listen, I'm not saying that it never happens that way, but I certainly do know that it doesn't always happen that way. See, sometimes you lose your job and a better one doesn't come around. Sometimes you lose a relationship and you don't meet somebody else. Sometimes you lose a special moment in your life and you don't get a better replacement. Now, there's two main problems that a lot of Christians run into whenever they try to understand what this verse means, Romans 8.28. And I believe if you would clear up those two problems, you'll get at the real hope that lies behind that verse. And listen, I do believe there is hope in that verse. I also believe there are some huge lessons that we can learn about how to navigate our way through these unexpected turns in life. Now, the first thing you have to get clear is this. What exactly does that word good mean in the context of that verse? Because, see, the verse does say that things will work out for the good. Now, does that mean good as in good circumstances or good results or good material possessions? You know, God's got me headed toward a good ending. What's the good? Now, let me just say right here that, yes, there may be good circumstances and possessions and other things that come as a result of you and me trusting and loving God. I mean, I've said this before, living the life of a Christ follower, well, it does pay off in a lot of ways. But again, it's not something that's guaranteed to every person in every situation. So what's the writer referring to here? Well, the best way to get the meaning of any one verse in the Bible is something we call context. In other words, you have to look at what's written all around that verse. And in this case, it's extremely important that you read the very next verse. See, most people just want to stop at verse 28 because it's such a beautiful standalone kind of verse. And to be honest, verse 29 is not. It's sort of confusing. It doesn't sound good on a greeting card. But in order for you to understand verse 28, you have to read verse 29. All things work together for good. But what's the good? Well, here's what it says. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Yeah, I know. That verse is really confusing. Most of us read that, we go, what? We have no idea what that means. So let me read it to you in another translation. It goes this way. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. So the Son stands first in the line of humanity He restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in Him, in Jesus. See, here's how this whole thing breaks down. When we define good, well, we generally do it in very physical, circumstantial, material sort of terms. Because that's just who we are. I mean, we think good is the good that happens to me. Good is whatever I prefer. It's whatever I think is good. But from God's perspective, good is defined in a much broader sense. And it's an eternal perspective. And when you look at the universe from God's perspective, and you get outside of time and space, the ultimate good is this. That every human being would know and experience and understand who God is and how he feels about us and how life was designed by him to work. See, there's nothing gooder in the whole universe than that. And the only way that that good can come about is when God's kids become what God meant for them 
to become. And that's what this verse is talking about. See, from the very beginning, God's idea was to grow and develop and perfect in you and in me the very image of himself. Now, how do we know what God's like? Well, that's very simple. Just look at Jesus. So when your good plans don't look like they're going to turn out so good, and then you read Romans 8, 28, and it says that all things are working together for good, you have to understand by reading the next verse that the good that he's talking about is not what happens to you. It's what happens in you. And think about it this way. If God's ultimate good for you and me is not being accomplished inside of you, then what else is there? In other words, what would be the upside of having good things happen to you, good possessions, good circumstances, good fortune, if God's purpose for you is not being accomplished inside of you? God's dream, see, from the very beginning, was that we would become more and more like Jesus. And he'll do whatever it takes in this life to give us the opportunity to develop towards that purpose. So again, whenever you read that verse or someone quotes it to you, just understand, even though your good plans or your happy ending may not be coming true, God still has his own preferred ending that he is always leading us towards. That ending is to see you and me to become more and more like Jesus. Now, doesn't mean that other good things aren't a part of his plan. It just means that the ultimate good God is primarily interested in is the condition of our hearts. And that's the first thing you have to understand about that verse. But here's the second. See, a lot of people misunderstand when it says, all things work together for good. In fact, some translations say it exactly like that. But you'll notice, I chose a translation of this verse that I think makes it a little clearer. I want you to look at it again. Who or what does it say is actually doing the work? Are your circumstances doing the work? In other words, does it really say that when stuff gets all blended together in your life, that they'll all work themselves out together for good? No. Work is the verb, but who's the subject of that sentence? It's God. So here's the more accurate way of thinking about this. Stuff happens in your life. Good stuff, bad stuff, all stuff. Stuff you planned for, stuff you didn't plan for. Now within all that stuff, the good, the bad, the whatever, God is always working. He's always up to something. He's not passive in your life at all. Work is being done by the creator of the universe in every stopping point, stressful point, decision point, tragic point, or happy point of your life. Now, we already know that God's ultimate goal for all of us, and that leads us to a million-dollar question. So how does that get accomplished? In other words, here I am. I'm smack dab in the middle of something that's leading me to this uncertain future, and I have no idea where I'm headed, and I don't really know what to do next. I know that God has a happy ending in mind, and Romans 8 says that God is actively working to see that all of this stuff eventually leads me there. So now what? How does it happen? How does God work in all things to accomplish this good goal of forming me and you into the image of Jesus? Well, here's how I want you to think about it. Think of your life as if you're following a hiking trail and you're walking through the woods. In fact, my family and I, we have a particular park nearby here that 
we love to go hiking in because the reason we like it so much is because the trails they're all color-coded and they're marked so well it's so easy to follow these trails that we never get lost now think of it this way every single day multiple times a day you come to a decision point sometimes you have big decisions to make most of your decisions aren't but they just show up in your life you didn't plan for them you didn't ask for them but they just force you to decide something and your decision is going to lead you somewhere and it's like when my family, we're all hiking and we come to a spot where the trail looks like it's going to go one way, but then there's another trail and it sort of forks off and we stand at that point and we have to decide which trail is the right one to take to get us to where we want to go and stay on the right path. Well, the same thing is true with your life. You have to make a decision at multiple points in your life about where you're going to go next. And again, it could be as simple as as something in your everyday life of how am I going to react to my coworkers in this situation or how am I going to treat this angry customer that's upset right now or how's this conversation going to go at the dinner table with my family or it could be a big decision something like dealing with an illness or losing a job it could even be something good that happens in your life like you get some extra money it's like how are we going to spend this stimulus check or whatever but whatever the situation is, it's like you're at a fork in the trail, right? You've got a choice to make. Now, this is where God's good plan comes in. And this is really how you have to think about decision points in your life. God is working in all things, in each and every decision point, every fork in the trail, to take you closer to his ultimate good for your life. But see, God's not a puppet master. God doesn't force anything on you or me. So, we have to decide, which trail am I going to walk down? And just like those color-coded markings on the trees that my family follows through the woods whenever we hike, the truth is there's usually a pretty clear indicator in your life of what the right choice is, if you're willing to look for it. And if we make the right choice, it then leads us toward God's good ending for our lives, or we can choose something else. We can go the other way, and we move farther and farther away from God's good purpose. And believe it or not, you make these choices all the time. Every single day, in fact. So do I. In fact, whenever I talk to people about this whole idea, here's what I call it. I call it simply doing the next right thing. And what I tell people is this. People and choices and stuff... They're going to fly at you all the time in your life. You're going to come to many forks in the trail. And sometimes it can get, well, pretty crazy. Decisions can get real difficult, real fast, like they are for some of us right now. But the key to living out this principle of always simply choosing the next right thing is this. you got to slow down your choice making to the point where you can make decisions real clearly. I'll give you an example. I had someone come into my office several years ago, and this guy had just been hit with lots of these decision points all at once in his life. I mean, they were just flying at him really fast. It was like within one year of his life, several close family members had all suddenly passed away without warning. And as you can imagine, this guy, well, he was just reeling. 
he had financial de financial decisions to make. He, he had family decisions to make, funeral arrangements to make, legal decisions, property decisions, just all kinds of decisions. So here's what I said to him. I said, first thing you got to do is you got to slow everything way down. In fact, I said, don't think about next month. Don't think about next week. In fact, you probably can't even consider tomorrow right now. And if you were with us last week, Nathan pointed this out in his message. He reminded us of Jesus' words about worry, remember? Don't allow your mind to run ahead into the future. Live right here in this present moment because tomorrow has enough worries of its own. He was saying that we can live in the kingdom of God, in God's presence and power right here and right now. So that's what I encouraged this particular guy in my office to do. So I asked him, I said, listen, when you walk out of my office in the next 10 minutes, what's going to be the next right thing for you to do? And he kind of looked at me strange and I said, no, I'm serious. What is the next thing you need to do when you walk out of my office? What would be the right course of action for the next hour or so of your life? And he sat and he thought about it for a minute, and he said, well, I guess I just need to go home, pack my bags, and drive to Florida and go be with my family. And I said, you've got it. That's exactly what you need to do. And then when you get done with that, I bet there's going to be another decision for you to make on the other end of that decision. And most likely, you're going to have a fork in the trail. And I said, so when you get there, you do the exact th same thing you just did with me. Slow your mind down and then ask yourself that question. What would the next right thing be for me to do? And then I said, and when you find the answer to that question, just do it. See, I've been counseling people who are going through a crisis on how to live this way, do the next right thing, for years. It'll work in a crisis, but I'm telling you, it'll work in your normal everyday life too. Many of you know this. We have groups around our church that we call discipleship groups. And our one and only stated goal is this. We're just learning from Jesus how to do every part of our lives while helping other people do the same. In other words, at every fork in the trail, we just look around us and we ask this question. If Jesus were living my life, if he had my same decisions, my same struggles, my same circumstances, what decision would he make? It's like we're looking for the color-coded markings on the trail to show us which path is the right one. And I'm telling you, anybody can do this. You can do this, no matter where you are in your faith or where you are in life right now. And I'm telling you, every time you make the right choice, the Jesus choice, you are moving your life just one step closer to that good, God-preferred ending that Romans 8 talks about. And this is going on all the time. It's happening all around you. That's why it says in that verse that God is at work in all things through your entire life. Every single time you reach a decision point, God is there waiting for you to choose to move towards him. And every time you do, he leads you closer and closer to that good purpose that he has for your life. Now, again, that doesn't mean that every time you do the next right thing, everything's going to instantly get better in your life. But you'll have a peace in knowing that every little decision you make is leading you exactly to the ending God has in mind for you. Again, it may not be exactly what you planned or maybe what you had hoped, but at least you can be confident in the fact that God's at work in your life. There's a good plan and you're headed there. So again, when you hear 
in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. When you hear that verse, you can know that in every moment of your life, your heavenly father is present and he has a good outcome for you. And as you continue to make choices that put you on the path of his purpose, you're heading toward his good ending for your life, even though it may not be what you planned or what you wanted. Now, I can only imagine there's at least one person watching this or listening to my voice right now, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, that's, that's true for most people, but you don't know my story. That's not true for me. Because, see, I'm one of those people who I didn't just walk off the path once or twice. I've been doing it my whole life. I am so far away from God's way of doing things. I'm so far off of that path. I'm so far out in the woods, I am never going to find my way back. I'll never get back to the path. And can I just say to you, I, first of all, I understand why you might feel that way. But can I also share with you what my favorite part of this whole thing is? You know, on those trails that my family likes to hike, we've, we've noticed something over time. I don't know who built these trails. I don't know who cut them through the woods. But whenever you stand at one of those color-coded markings on the trees, if you'll just look up ahead, about as far as you can see into the distance up that trail, you know what you'll always find? You'll always find another color-coded marking, another marker that just keeps reassuring you over and over, yeah, this is the way, this is the right path. It's almost as if the person who cut that path, who had already walked that path that you're on right now, they built it with this idea in mind. I don't ever want them to walk too far without knowing where they're going without a little bit of guidance. And to the point where even if they were to stray off the path a little bit, if they'll just look up, if they'll see uh, across the horizon, across to where they can see, they'll see the next right move. And what I'm saying to you is, that is precisely what your good, loving, heavenly Father is constantly doing in your life. There is never a moment when God is not at work showing you the next right decision that will lead you one step closer to His good purpose for your life. And regardless of where you find yourself right now, each moment is another chance. And you could start to turn your life around in the next hour. Now, not all at once, but one moment at a time. And see, I know that's true because I've seen it happen. I've seen people show up here to our church and by their own admission, they would say, I've made a mess of my life. Just about every decision point that God's given me, I've taken the wrong path. From my finances to family to health to career, whatever. But then they just started from right where they were. And they just did the next right thing. And then after that, you know what they did? They did the next right thing. And then after that, guess what they did? They did the next right thing. And pretty soon, they looked up and they realized, wow, things are different. And here's the thing. It wasn't always circumstances that were different. You know what was different? They were different. And because they were different, everything had changed. Because God had been faithful. He'd been at work in all things for their good as they just moment by moment began to love and trust him with the direction of their life. Now, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's why you started watching this today you realize that your life is headed in a direction that if you don't get things turned around soon, there will be no happy ending for you. Well, let me just tell you one thing. I know one thing for sure. Your decision to watch this service and follow up to this point right now, 
that was the next right thing for you to do. So congratulations, you've already made choice number one, the choice that can lead you in the right direction. God is at work in your life right now. It's proof that he hasn't given up on you. And see, the truth is he never will. If you can just keep making the next right choice, it's never too late to see your life begin to turn around. So here's how I want us to end my talk today. Now, I don't know where you're watching from, and I just want to say I get that sometimes it's hard to block out the many distractions that you find around you. But I want to invite you, if you can, would you try to do that? Would you try to put away or set aside whatever distractions might be in your way right now? And if you can, would you just close your eyes for just a minute? Now, right where you're sitting, I just want you to quietly consider What's the most pressing worry or problem swirling around your world right now? What's that new normal that you're facing and it has you scared for your future? What is it that's got you paralyzed because you're not sure what to do next? What has you down and depressed because it's just not turning out the way you thought it would? What have you lost that you honestly don't think you can get back? Now that you have that thing in your mind, I, I just want you to think about this. Right now, you're at a decision point. You've reached a fork in your trail. You've been given an opportunity to react to the circumstances that are happening to you. But because of the promise that we read today, you are not standing at this decision point alone. You have a loving Heavenly Father standing right ahead of you. And He has good things planned for you. He has marked out the path for you to take and He's offering you a chance. So, here's the question you have to consider. What's the next right thing to do? Not what you're going to do next year, what you're going to do next month, or even next week. What can you do today? The very next right move for you. Now, whatever that is, will you just go ahead and say yes to God? Will you allow him to do the work that he wants to do in your life? Will you let him lead you to the good he has planned for you? Now you can look right back up at the screen if your eyes are closed. And I want you to listen to the words of this next song. And I'm just praying that this is going to be an encouragement to you to say yes to your Heavenly Father to do the next right thing.